This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Sting. It's a classic term for a carefully planned con game designed to deceive. Just using the word makes you feel like you're in the pages of a 1930s dime store novel. Although the term really only became popular after the 1973 movie The Sting, featuring Robert Redford and Paul Newman. This Academy Award-winning film, featuring a classic ragtime theme song, is about two small-time grifters who decide to con a mob boss out of a significant sum in 1936 Chicago. In the movie, the sting was that final critical moment in the con where the mark was fleeced and his money was taken. Today, the term sting is generally used to describe operations run by law enforcement to unwittingly capture people trying to commit a crime. There have been numerous extremely successful stings executed the world over throughout history. Some stings are simple, but some can get quite sophisticated, depending on the type of crime, the number of people, and how many law enforcement agencies are involved. Regardless of wherever you are, and whatever the crime, stings work. And just like the movie, some of the most ingenious police sting operations prove that fact can be even more astonishing than fiction. My name is Eric Crosby. Welcome to True. When thinking about stings, traditional crimes like drug smuggling probably come to mind first. But the strategy also proved useful when it came to bringing down endangered wildlife trade. There are millions of dollars to be made in the international animal smuggling market. The illegal exporting of wild animals, many of them protected and endangered species, is a huge problem for federal agencies everywhere, primarily because it's relatively easy. But in 1993, One Mexican trafficker got more than he bargained for when U.S. federal agents used the process against him. When the gorilla at the zoo in the Mexican city of Toluca died, the 57-year-old director of zoos and parks, Victor Bernal, went in search of a replacement. Apparently, he knew exactly where to go. It's illegal for zoos in North America to buy or sell gorillas. Most gorillas in zoos have been born in captivity, 
because the wild gorilla population has decreased significantly in the past few decades. Even transporting a gorilla from one zoo to another makes headlines, because it happens so rarely. The two male gorillas that once lived at the Santa Barbara Zoo have packed up and moved out of state. All the appropriate paperwork and government permits need to be in place. Thousands of cargo containers come through the port of Miami, Florida. Decades ago, few were given more than a cursory investigation. This made it the perfect place for animal smugglers to base their operations. In January 1993, Bernal and a crew of zoo officials flew to Miami to procure a new gorilla. He and one of his colleagues engaged a well-known illegal animal trader named Michael Block. But unbeknownst to the men, Block had turned informant. Michael Block had been part of a smuggling case from 1990, known as the Orangutan Six, and was facing his own charges of violating endangered species. He coordinated a plan to ship six orangutans from Moscow to Thailand, but four of the six tragically died in transit. In return for a plea bargain, Block agreed to work with federal agents to snare others in the smuggling business. He told Bernal he could source a gorilla, no problem. And things were set in motion for one of the most innovative stings ever. Block set up a field trip to visit several Miami zoos to peruse the selection. A third man, who was actually an undercover senior agent for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, accompanied them. Bernal saw the gorilla he wanted and put an order in with the Metro Zoo. It was agreed that he'd transfer $92,500 to Block in return for a 300-pound, six-year-old gorilla, a baby orangutan, fake exportation permits, a cargo plane, and a pilot to fly the primates back to Mexico. A few days later, at Opalaca Airport, just outside of Miami, everything was ready to go. The gorilla and orangutan were both secured in their cages and already loaded onto the DC-3 aircraft. But the gorilla was not happy. As Bernal and his accomplices prepared themselves for takeoff, the gorilla growled and grunted, throwing himself aggressively against the side of his cage. One of Bernal's team approached the cage to calm him down and it's fair to say the man got the shock of his life. The huge gorilla broke out of the cage, and then ripped off its own head, <coughs> revealing a federal agent from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in disguise. <sighs> the costume worked so well that Bernal and his associates truly believed a gorilla was attacking them. One of the agents later said, We kept telling him, we're police. We're police. But even after the agent took the hood off, he couldn't believe a gorilla wasn't coming after him. Bernal had to be stopped from jumping off the parked plane onto the tarmac six feet below. The agent, still dressed in the gorilla suit, and his co-workers, including an undercover agent posing as the pilot, proceeded to apprehend and arrest the group. 
With his work done, the agent in the gorilla suit had a well-earned cigarette break before taking off his disguise. The curator for the Miami Metro Zoo, who supplied the cage and gorilla manure to give the sting an air of authenticity, said in an interview that he never believed the con would work. He said, It's like a movie. I'm really surprised anyone could be that gullible, but they fell for it. It just goes to show money doesn't equate with intelligence. The five people involved all faced up to 10 years in prison. Three of the accused pleaded guilty to misdemeanor charges. At the trial in July 1994, Bernal argued a defense of entrapment. He claimed his intention was to save the gorilla from being killed by the middleman and that he was told the required permit was genuine. In the end, Victor Bernal was convicted, but sentenced to a mere 70 days in jail. Sadly, this slap on the wrist is consistent with the light sentences typically handed out in animal smuggling cases. We can only hope that future legislators impose heavier penalties for those engaging in such monkey business. Not all stings are complex. Some are beautiful in their simplicity. In 2002, one police department in Phoenix, Arizona, wanted to find a way to catch all the people with outstanding DUI warrants. Sure, they could go out, find them all, and bring them unwillingly to the police station to arrest them, but why spend all that time and energy when the police could make the criminals come to them? And what better way to catch someone's attention than to tell them they've won a prize? The Chandler Police Department wrote a letter to their targets with the exciting news they had won a DVD player. It was the early 2000s, and at the time, this was a highly popular piece of electronics. All the winners had to do was show up at the Chandler Center for the Arts on a certain day, at a certain time, to claim their prize. Unknown to the 25 unlucky winners who turned up, law enforcement was ready and waiting. Cameras at the front and rear of the building helped officers identify who was on their way inside. As unsuspecting prize winners entered the lobby, filled with balloons, they registered their names with undercover officers who were posing as reception staff. They were then led to a back room where they discovered the jig was up, and they were arrested. Police filmed the entire event, and the shocked reactions of the culprits were priceless. Some thought it was a practical joke filmed for TV. But as the surprise wore off, they soon realized they'd been conned in one of the most inventive of ways. officers closed up shop and locked the door. Two more people showed up, banging on the door, insisting they be allowed to claim their prize. And they were arrested too. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. One of the most high-profile, sophisticated, and large-scale stings in recent years was an international operation that resulted in the arrest of over 800 people worldwide. It brought together agencies in countries like Austria, Canada, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, Germany, Hungary, Lithuania, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. You might wonder how organized crime gangs and drug syndicates communicate with each other. Obviously, criminals are not going to communicate over regular channels, such as email, text messages, phone calls, and mainstream messaging platforms, which are easily intercepted by authorities. This would be too risky. Instead, if you wanted to stay under the radar in your criminal enterprise, you used modified secure cell phones. Throughout much of the 2010s, this market was supplied by a Canadian company known as Phantom Secure. The insurance protecting users from being identified by police was thanks to a remotely operated kill switch on the devices. When the company's CEO, Vincent Ramos, was arrested in Washington in March 2018, he sang like a canary. Vincent Ramos is 41 years old and from Richmond, B.C. He was arrested in the United States in 2018 and pled guilty to serious charges involving facilitating criminal syndicates who were evading police detection using his company's technology to communicate. Authorities were worried about Ramos and Phantom Secure at least as far back in 2015 when the RCMP began using undercover officers posing as drug traffickers to infiltrate criminal networks and target Ramos. He provided investigators with full access to the details of those who used the platform. Criminals around the world who had been using Phantom Secure needed to find another way to communicate securely and fast. Around October 2018, word began circulating of another way to acquire secure cell phones. The devices were only available on the black market and came loaded with an encrypted messaging app known as Anom. The app ran on Android phones that had been modified to turn off location services, messaging, emails, and phone calls. When you entered your PIN, the numbers were randomly scrambled to provide an additional layer of protection. The device also had a self-destruct feature if a specific code was entered. Instead of simply tapping the icon, users could only access the Anom app by entering a specific calculation on the cell phone's calculator. 
Secure proxy servers then enabled communication with other devices using a NOM. But we all know that when something seems too good to be true, it usually is. And in the case of a NOM, this was no exception. Even before Phantom Secure was shut down in 2018, the FBI was hatching a high-tech plan. The agency had a secret weapon in their fight against crime. They had a programmer with worldwide criminal contacts in their pocket as part of a plea bargain. Under the supervision of federal agents, the individual used their know-how for good instead of evil. He developed a NOM and then distributed it to his worldwide associates who previously used Phantom Secure. The new customers eagerly awaited delivery of their devices, but had no idea they were distributed by the FBI and Australian Federal Police along with help from a third unnamed country. Criminals made these secure devices and Anam their new primary channel for all their illicit communications. These Anam phones initially appeared in Australia and then in the US. They did not catch on quickly. It was more of a case of slow and steady wins the race. But by October 2019, a year after the launch, distribution increased significantly. Eighteen months later, almost 12,000 devices using Anam had been sold worldwide. What the criminals didn't know, however, was the secure proxy servers Anam used were copying and forwarding every single message to FBI servers. Incredibly, there was no need for the agency to access the devices remotely. Authorities were able to access, decrypt, and store every message with a private electronic master key, unlocking the encryption system and attaching itself to each message. Another thing users did not know was that every single device was easily identified by police due to a unique secret serial number. Investigators could tell exactly who was conversing with whom. But law enforcement was not just watching from the sidelines like a lurker in an online forum, hoping a nom took off. Undercover officers were actively infiltrating the criminal groups they were working to bring down. They encouraged underworld kingpins in the organized crime world to get on board with the nom. They touted it as the most efficient and undetectable way to get business done. Covert officers used these individuals to recommend and distribute the devices for them on the black market. Basically, multi-level marketing for criminals. And, like any reputable tech company, users had access to 24-7 customer service and technical support. Your call is very important to us. Please hold. When user feedback said the phones should be lighter and more modern, no problem. The company rolled out smaller phones to keep up with the demands of its customers. Authorities collected a whopping 27 million messages from over 100 countries in 45 languages. By 2021, more than 9,000 police officers from 18 countries were monitoring Anom users and continuing to distribute the devices. Investigators had a ringside seat to criminal groups speaking freely about everything. From drugs and money laundering to conspiracy to murder, 
Offenders were so confident in the security of Anam, they found no reason to communicate in ambiguous or coded language. Like being blind copied into every single email, investigators saw everything that crossed user screens. The sting, however, could not continue indefinitely. There was a looming warrant expiration date regarding access to the servers. Some criminals were starting to question the trustworthiness of the app online. Also, the ethics of allowing the operation to continue were brought into sharp focus when it emerged that the lives of a family of five in Australia were under imminent threat. So, authorities decided it was time to shut it down. As the time grew closer, police across the US, Australia, and Europe prepared to execute one of the biggest simultaneous raids and arrest operations ever. On June 8th, 2021, police around the world executed search warrants. None of the criminals had time to alert their networks. Police search warrant, open the door! Police smashing their way into homes across Australia and overseas in a bid to smash organised crime networks. 9,000 officers around the world have spent three years working on this covert sting. It was history in the making, more than 500 search warrants executed and hundreds arrested. As raids were executed from Sydney to San Diego, over 800 people were arrested across 16 countries. The nature of the offenses varied, but much of it related to drug smuggling. Those arrested included members of outlaw motorcycle gangs. Others were associated with organized crime, such as Albanian and Asian crime syndicates and the Italian mafia in Australia. When it came to the amount of evidence seized, both the volume and value were mind-boggling. In Australia alone, 224 people were arrested. Police seized over 100 illegal firearms and cash valued at more than $45 million. In New Zealand, 35 people were arrested, while police seized vehicles, drugs, firearms, and cash. Uh, yesterday we recovered about 20 ounces of methamphetamine, over a million dollars in cash, uh, four firearms, um, 8.6 kilos of meth that came in through the border, multiple kilos of iodine, uh, and we restrained about $3.7 million in assets to date. In Europe, Authorities arrested 60 people in Germany and almost 50 in the Netherlands. Drug manufacturing facilities and storage locations were raided, and law enforcement seized firearms, tons of narcotics, and more than 2.3 million euros in cash. In Sweden, investigators arrested 155 people. Numerous drug shipments were also intercepted, including one from Ecuador to Spain, with millions of dollars worth of cocaine hidden inside containers of refrigerated tuna. Yesterday, early in the morning, the Swedish police performed one of the most extensive strikes ever in an intelligence-led police operation against violent crime and drug networks. The Department of National Operations and all our seven police regions have taken actions all over the country. In connection to the arrests yesterday, another five Swedish criminal actors 
were arrested in Swedish investigation, in investigations in Spain yesterday by Policia Nacional. These suspects reside in Spain as they thought they would be more safe there. However, international police cooperation shows that criminal actors are not safe anywhere. More arrests and seizures were made in the UK, but details were not made public by the National Crime Agency. The great irony of the entire sting is that while the FBI was one of two lead agencies in Operation Trojan Shield, due to federal laws preventing law enforcement from accessing messages, no arrests were made in the US. In total, authorities seized almost 40 tons of drugs, including 8 tons of cocaine, 22 tons of cannabis, 6 tons of precursor chemicals, and 2 tons of synthetic drugs. They also confiscated 250 firearms, 55 luxury vehicles, scores of designer watches, and more than $48 million in cash and cryptocurrencies. Not bad for one day's work. Let's hope that there are other apps like this and they're already on to their next project. And none may be over, but there may be another one in the works. How long till the movie? And what's your bet? Entertainment. This episode of True was researched and written by Gemma Harris. The executive producer is Jason Hope of Imperative Entertainment. The cover art and design were created by Jenna Sullivan. True was created and is produced by me. Have any comments or questions? Email us at podcasts at imperativeentertainment.com. As always, a huge thanks for listening and for your amazing reviews and ratings. I'll be back next week with another episode.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.